Welcome to the Boonville Worship Center Sermon Podcast. ...of God himself is already in the house this morning. Hallelujah. So I've been thinking about this scripture all morning. Um, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to take one second to expound on it. Um, But in Ephesians chapter 3, it says... I'm going to start at verse 8, but we're going to highlight 10. But to me, this is Paul saying, to me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches, riches of Christ and to bring light what is the administration of this ministry, which is for ages that has been hidden in God who created all things. Now listen to this. In order that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and to the principalities. Let me tell you something. The declaration of the word of God and the worship out of your heart is is a declaration to the enemy. It is the church's job to preach to the enemy that God reigns. So don't for a second think that we can come in here and just act like, oh, we're just going to lift up a little praise. Like there is something happening in the atmosphere. There is, there is a reason why the preacher preaches and he goes home exhausted. Because it's more than just a physical thing of preaching a word and it's hard work. It's because we're actually fighting a spiritual battle. Now, do we have to focus on what the enemy's doing? No, we don't have to focus on the enemy is doing unless God has us like focusing on something specific. But we're going to focus on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And whenever we raise his name, even the name of Jesus causes the enemy to shudder. Just declaring the name of Jesus causes the enemy to shudder. All right? Y'all good? That was what was on my heart this morning. So let's just worship. God, we just turn to you and we just thank you. God, we're just like Paul said, I'm a weak servant. God, if I've ever, if I've ever been aware of my weakness, it's in this place right now. And my need for a savior, I see you, Jesus, and I run in. I run into you. I am desperate for you. You're my breath. You're my heartbeat. You're my the my brain. You cause my brain to think and to work. You're causing my muscles to move right now. You're giving us air to breathe. You are the rain. You are the the thunder. You are the lightning. And we worship you. We stand in awe of an amazing God and what great mercy you've given us and what great grace. And God, we just declare. We choose you. We choose you in Jesus' name. Father, we stand as a company of people today. Knowing that the name of Jesus is written on our hearts, it's written on our foreheads, 
God, therefore, we, we will not fear when the enemy comes in to steal and kill and destroy. God, you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. So therefore, God, we set our faces and our foreheads like flint. God, and we say we will move forward in what you have called this house to do, God. And Lord, right now I just declare, God, this is a house founded upon the word of God. This is a house that desires the fullness of the word of God. The fire of your word, the hammer of your word, the sword of your word, the lamp of your word, the milk of your word, God. We desire all of it, Father. And God, we desire the fullness of your spirit to see the fullness of the manifestations of your spirit, God. Lord, we seek your face. We seek your hand. We seek your heart, Father. We want the fullness of all that you are, God. So today, God, I ask, come and consume us once again. Come and pour out your spirit upon us once again. Come and fill us once again with your word. We love you today, Father. We pour our love upon the altar today, God. Come and consume us, God. Come and fill us today, Father. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning, everybody. When I was a kid, I had to get up early in the morning before I went to school and go out and milk the cows. <clears throat> before I walked 12 miles to school in the snow uphill. So one morning I went out to milk the cows. <laughs> Jeremy, I haven't even got to the point yet. It's, you got to wait. It's probably not going to be that good, so don't use all up your energy yet. So one morning I went out to milk this cow and man, I was just yanking and yanking and couldn't get that thing to milk for anything in the world. Tried and tried and tried and ended up calling the vet out and anyways, it was utter failure. <laughs> utter, utter, not utter. Guys, that was a really bad joke. It was really bad. But I just felt like we... <laughs> Laughter's good medicine. I've never milked a cow. I don't even drink milk. I don't like milk at all, so I don't know where that came from, but I just bless you with that wisdom and knowledge to use for however the Lord would have you use it. <laughs> we'll see what happens next week. I'll work on a better one. I don't know if I can top that one by Galash. Glenn uh, or Janet, the Williams family messaged us leaders this morning and uh, Glenn's been having heart issues quite a bit. They was uh, been in Louisville getting some tests ran, different things. But anyways, uh, Janet did message us this morning, and Glenn was having severe chest pains and called the ambulance, and they've taken him to Deaconess uh, 
Gateway, I believe, uh, here in Evansville. So uh, we encourage you to uh, be praying for the Williams family. Amen. Janet and the kids. And let's just believe together for God to heal Glenn's heart. Amen. He's such an awesome man of God. That family is, uh, man, they're a huge part of why I am where I'm at today. And God's used them to to, 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 in so many ways with our family and we just love them. And so be praying for, be praying for Glenn and, and uh, Janet and the kids and all of them. They're uh, there today taking care of that. So I wanted to drop that into your lap. And then, uh, I just, one other thing I wanted to share with you as the church body this morning is, uh, I'll probably mess this up somehow, but, um, I, I just want to share with you that uh, as a family, we're going to go through stuff. And uh, you're not always going to agree with us. Um, one thing is certain, we're all seeking the Lord together. And we all want His will and we all want to be in full agreement with His Word. Um, in the last couple months, there's been some decisions that the church leadership have made and some things that uh, have been said here or there that, that um, you know, part of our church family disagreed with. And, and that, that's okay. That's not the first time. And, and we're going to have that. And we should have that to some degree. There's just always going to be things as we're growing. And, uh, uh, but I wanted to just publicly say this morning that... Uh, uh, you can always come and talk to us. And we should do that. Uh, because the enemy is the author of confusion. And where there's not clarity, there's going to be confusion. Uh, and so, we might in the end still not agree, but at least we, everyone knows where we're at and how we got there and maybe more clarity on why a decision was made or so what it be. But I just want to encourage you guys as the body of Christ and as a family, just as you would with your marriage or in your friendship relationships or whatever that it may be, because the longer you run together, you're going to offend one another. Right? You just are. And you're going to go through things that you disagree with and this and that. And we, we, we know we've got to be where God's called us to be. Uh, and um, I, know, I know as leaders we strive. Our heart is to be right with God in everything that we do. And in doing that, I know we're learning and growing every day. Um, and so I just want to make it known this morning that we're available. I feel like we've always made that known. Uh, but but you can come to me, meet with me. You have questions that are related to me. Come and talk to me about it. Um, you can go to Pastor Jason and Julian, our family pastors. You can go to our elders. Like we have these things, and sometimes people aren't comfortable going coming directly to me or whatever. And that that is okay too. So take it take it to the elders and sit down with them and pray together and look over the word together and let God bring us through these things together. Um, but I just want to open up that invitation uh, for you guys to know that we desire that and want that from you as we grow together in the things of the kingdom of God. Amen? And, uh, and sometimes God leads people different directions, and that is, that is okay. How many you know in the end of the day, there's only one body of Christ? And we're all children of God. We're all the family of God. We always will be. It's okay. 
It's just okay. Amen? And uh, so God, help us navigate through these things uh, as we go through them and, and help us as church leaders, God, to, to, uh, to, to do things the way that you call us to. I want you to turn in your Bible this morning to uh, 1 Corinthians in chapter 2. And I want to talk today about the power of the kingdom. The power of the kingdom. And I've been digging into this a lot probably over the last six months just in my personal time for some things that the Lord's been, been just stirring in my heart. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of this today. And I think next, is next Sunday is Mother's Day, right? Yeah. So I'm excited about that. But today I want to talk about the power of the kingdom. I was reading a book. Um, I've been reading several lately, but uh, I was reading this this one particular book from a gentleman, and he he now has just a fruitful ministry and uh, making a significant impact for the kingdom of God. And but in this book, he talked a little bit about his story um, and about his struggle as a young man being raised in the church from from childhood, and uh, and and along with that, things that he experienced in the church, and then also uh, some of the bad decisions that he made in his life. And but there was one statement uh, it, that the gentleman made that stood out to me, and this this is what he what he said that really struck a chord in me. He said, "The absence of power." in the church was my greatest frustration as a new believer. He said the absence of power, the power of God in the church was my greatest frustration as a new believer. He went on to say, I didn't want power to just be a good message. I wanted it to, I wanted it to be a testimony. I wanted it to be a reality in my, in my life. And can I just say today that I desire for the power of God to be a reality and a testimony in your church. Like I desire for the power of God to be a living reality every day in your life and that your life is a testimony of the power of God. But I tell you, more importantly than me as your pastor, as your friend that desires this, it's really what God desires for your life. It's His heart for you. So there's a couple of scriptures, and we'll jump into First uh, Corinthians in chapter two. But I'll just read this to you. These these are familiar to you. But in First Corinthians in chapter four, in verse nineteen and twenty, Paul uh, speaking to the church in Corinth says, "I will I will come to you shortly if the Lord wills, and I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power." I don't only have time to talk about that, the puffed up part too much right now, but, but the power for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. First Corinthians chapter four, 19 to 20. Now we all know Acts one and eight, right? We're, we're familiar with this. You shall receive what? Power. When, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you shall receive power. Why? To feel good, to look good, to become popular, to be known, to have a TV ministry, to write a million books, to make a lot of money, all this stuff. Absolutely not. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Why? 
to be my witness, to be a witness of the kingdom of God. He fills us with His power so that He can get glory out of what our life is reflecting. And the only thing good that our life can ever reflect is God. Amen? So we, we, know, these, we know these truths to be true somewhat. The moment we say yes to a life of faith in Christ, we're given, we're given the same Holy Spirit that Jesus promised His disciples, right? The Spirit who endues with power, Acts 1.8. So now, you're in uh, 1 Corinthians, right? In chapter 2. And so, so this is Paul's testimony. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at verse 1. We're, we're going to read... Actually, let's do this. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Amen. You need to have your Bible with you. Young, young people, bring your Bible, bring your phone. Teenagers, bring the Word with you. 1 Corinthians in chapter 2 and verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, this is Paul speaking to the church, did not come with the excellence of speech or wisdom declaring to you the testimony of my God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. In other words, in humility. How I many know we need to do all things in humility? And my, spe- my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Why? That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Isn't that powerful? Verse 6, however, I mean, we still need godly wisdom. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Now look at verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? That's a powerful statement. We need to be careful not to try to do that. And even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. How many are thankful that the Holy Spirit will always be your number one teacher? Verse 14, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. 
For he who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may, that he may instruct him. But we have what? The mind of Christ. So Father, we just come humbly before You today, and we just submit ourselves to You. And even as Your Word declares today, God, and I have sought and prayed and studied and been on my face before You and heard Your voice, and I, I, I stand in full confidence and assurance, God, that what I share today is what You've released to me, God. Lord, but we pray in the midst of that, that that we hear from You and that Holy Spirit brings the revelation of Your heart today into this body. That we learn from You and from You alone. And that You equip us and strengthen us to become the sons and daughters that You called us to be. To operate fully in Your power in every way that You intend for us to. We pray for wisdom. We pray for Your understanding, Your revelation. We pray that our hearts be open. We pray that we're good soil. That Your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Isn't that Word so good? I just love the Word of God. And Paul here uh, says a few things, but Paul says, I didn't come with, with superiority of speech. But he could have. If you know Paul and you study Paul's life, um, he could have come with superiority of speech. But he says, this is not what I come to you with. I'm not bringing to you what I feel or what I think or this or that or my own knowledge. But he said, I'm determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. In other words, self-denial and humility is how he says, I come to you. Paul refused to use his own knowledge and charisma to draw people after him. His testimony reveals his complete dependence upon the power of the Spirit. Why? Well, he reveals it so that people's faith would be rooted in nothing but Christ. Rooted in nothing but Christ. I mean, our faith needs to be rooted in nothing but Christ. I'm so thankful for every leader that I've had in my life. I'm so thankful for godly grandparents and a godly mom. The heritage that I was raised up in is, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for a godly wife that prayed me into the kingdom of heaven. Come on, man. I'm so grateful for my pastors and the leaders and the people that God put in my life. But guys, I'm here to tell you, God puts us all in, those, in these places and He puts people in our lives. And iron sharpens iron. And God always, from the very beginning, has chose to anoint leaders over us. He's always anointed apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and all of these things for the equipping and the building and the edifying of the church. But you have to understand that you can only be established on Christ and Christ alone. And when you come under good leadership, the only thing that they will do is point you closer to Christ and not closer to them. And this is what Paul is saying in, in, the, in this epistle. And this is what he's sharing with his heart, man. It's in everything I come to you in this way that the people's faith would not be rooted in nothing but Christ. How much of our faith today rests on the wisdom of man rather than the power of God? Paul's ministry, wholly dependent upon the power of God to open eyes. 
Fully dependent upon it. Fully dependent on the power of God to move hearts. Fully dependent upon the power of God to release the supernatural activity of the Spirit. Then we find in... Uh, i just give you some things to write down and quote, but I'm, I'm going to go quick here on this, but in Galatians 3.5, Paul's talking to the church and he's talking to the church about faith. And he says, Therefore, He who supplies the Spirit to you, who works miracles among you, does He do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? It's a powerful verse you need to go home and study out. He's talking to the church about these things. I'm going to read it again. Therefore, He who supplies the Spirit... God. He. So He who supplies the Spirit to you, and He works miracles among you, does He do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So we have to understand that faith is the key to releasing to the releasing of God's power. My message this morning is about the power of God operating in our lives in every capacity. Paul says faith is the key to that. I want to take a minute today and I want to, I want to talk about three hindrances in our lives to the power of God. All of us do have dealt with these in maybe in some form or fashion. And there are things that we need to be sensitive to. There's obviously more than this. I'm not, I can't go through all of them all, but we know that we can grieve the Holy Spirit, which is a hindrance to the power of God, right? We know that sin will always be a hindrance to the power of God. Um, living in compromise, living in mixture, like all of those things. That's why God's called us to seek Him, pursue Him, have the mind of Christ, pursue righteousness. Don't live in a state of compromise in your life. All those things will hinder the move of God in your life. And if, if there's a hindrance of a move of God in your life, there's a hindrance of a move of God in the church, in the local assembly, because we're all the body. So it all plays in together. But I want to talk about three hindrances that the Lord put on my heart as I've been reading through these things and studying and just kind of searching out this matter a little bit, I want to pray over us about here a little bit. But, but here are three of the main hindrances. And when I'm talking about these, I'm talking about the church as a whole. Probably the, some of the three core main hindrances to the power of God that we see in the church that, that bring us to the place of what this young man said as he grew up in church and sitting there and watching, and he says, man, the, the, one of the greatest things that I struggled with was hearing about the power of God, but not seeing the power of God work. Not hearing how powerful God was, but not seeing people be set free. Not seeing people healed. Not seeing people delivered. Not seeing people walk out their life in righteousness. Not seeing people truly being able to live with a transformed mind. How I many you know that's all the power of God? Amen? It's not limited to the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of it, but it's all of those. That's the power of God. You know what the power of God is? It's you living in self-control. Because the Holy Spirit can do that. The Holy Spirit can empower you to live self-control and not live in mixture. Amen? And it's like for our children to raise up and hear a powerful message and see God move in these... That. But man, the greatest message they're going to see is the church and the parents and us living in the power of God every day in righteousness and holiness and in purity and in love. Come on, guys. 
Like living everything that we do, being, being, a, being an example and a resemblance of the King of God, the Kingdom of Heaven. God, let Your power illuminate in my life, God. In every reaction, in every response, God. In every move and in every step that we take, God. May it reveal Your glory and Your, and your, and your power in Jesus' name. So three hindrances that, that we'll talk about just a little bit today. The, the first one, I just want us to make it aware of because it is, it is out there today. And so just to kind of be, be sensitive to but it, it, it is um, um, lack of belief in the present day work of the Spirit. Now, if, you, if, you, if you've been a part of this church very long at all, you, you, you wouldn't stay if it if, if, just wouldn't work. But, but this is just a reality. This is something that we see, again, in the body of Christ as a whole that we need to be aware of. But, uh, but it is th- obviously a main hindrance is, is a lack of belief in the presence day work of the Spirit. Um, um, I'll give an like um, cessationism, cessationist uh, theology believes that the power gifts have ceased to operate. Amen. And so um, uh, it, it, they ended, they, they stopped, they ceased it at the end of the apostolic ages is this, this theology. So the Holy Spirit no longer uses individuals. Now, most of the streams in this believe that God can still do what God needs to do on His own, but that He doesn't use human, human vessels anymore after the apostolic age. Okay, uh, okay. To perform miracles, signs, and wonders, power, power through. So I want us to read this real quick. Uh, turn in your Bibles to Acts in chapter two. You there? Acts chapter two, and if you'll go to verse um, fourteen, Acts two and fourteen. Okay, so look at this. Here's Peter, and obviously. We know at the beginning of chapter 2 is Pentecost, which we have coming up here in several weeks, and, and, and the pouring out of the Spirit of God, and, 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 uh, and then beginning in verse 5, uh, how that, how that uh, began to impact the church and the manifestations of the Spirit that were happening. And then we get into verse 14, um, and it says, Peter, Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice, And he said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these, 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 these people that are, that are under the power of God, they are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. They, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joe. So now we have Peter in his sermon, and now he's quoting the prophet Joe as he's confronting people that are, that are resistant to the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in this moment. And this is, this is Peter's response. He quotes Joe and he says, And it shall come to pass uh, in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Everybody say all flesh. And your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy, and young men will see visions, and old men will dream dreams. Gary, did you have a dream last night? <laughs> yeah, I sure did, boy. I'm sorry. Verse 18. 
And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth beneath and blood and fire and vapor and smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, so in this, uh, uh, just kind of a, uh, just a, a little picture of, of how you can respond and being equipped in the Scripture, and there's so many other things we could tap into, but I'm going to move, move on past this here in just a, a, little, a little bit. But here, Peter stands up to defend the manifestations of the Spirit at Pentecost. And again, he quotes, he quotes Joel chapter 2. Why did Peter make this claim? Why did Peter make this claim? Because Joel said the Spirit would be poured out on who? On all flesh. On who? Who will the Spirit be poured out on? I'm asking you as a church to make the decision in your heart. Who is the Spirit going to be poured out on? Are you all flesh? Are you anticipating the Spirit to be poured out all over you and not stopping in Jesus' name? Amen? So he makes this quote. In other words, in other words, we, you have to get it settled in your spirit that Pentecost was the inauguration of the last days. I said Pentecost was the inauguration and the beginning and the open of heaven for the last days and heaven has not closed, church. Come on. Days marked by the outpouring of the Spirit and power. Holy Spirit has been poured out and will continue to be poured out until the Lord's return. Isn't that powerful? And then Peter ended by saying to the crowds, then he said, now watch this, there's a pattern. Now he's speaking, now he's talking to the congregants, talking to those out there that need the Lord. So he's preaching, and now he says, after laying this foundation, Peter says, repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then he said, this isn't just a good, a good idea. This might happen. It might not happen. No. He said, for this promise. I don't know about you, but I know I've made some promises in my life that I didn't, wasn't able to hold up to. I've had people make promises to me that they were not able to hold up to. But can I tell you something? When the Father makes a promise to you, you can go ahead and put that thing in the bank that it's on its way. So this is a promise to you. Isn't this powerful? And watch. To who? To Josiah. To McKenna. To Isla. To J-Rake. To all the little ones that hadn't, aren't even here yet. To the ones in their, in their mother's womb sitting in the sanctuary right now. This promise is to you. And the Word of God says it is to your children. And it is to all who are afar off. As many as the Lord will call. Guys, Pentecost was the inauguration of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit for the church to operate in power. It was the beginning and it will never end until Jesus is returned. And it is for us to fully step into and embrace and to walk in for His kingdom and His glory so that we can be His witnesses. 
It's not, it's never intended for the church to have a private little sector where it just meets, where we've got just the right songs and instruments, and we all come and feel good together. Come on, man. And, and, and there's manifestations, and we just get all blessed up. It's not about you, it's about Him. And what He's pouring in you is for somebody else. It's for us to be witnesses for the kingdom of God to go reflect the power of God in the lost world. So if He says power, if He has given us power to be witnesses and we're trying to operate with power, we're not going to be very effective. Okay. Everybody good so far? Isn't that good news? This promise? When Jesus, when Jesus healed the sick, when He delivered the oppressed, when He raised the dead, He was not only demonstrating His identity as the Son of God, He was revealing the heart of God. It's important that you catch this. Operating in the power of God reveals the heart of God. Because God wants to speak into people. God wants to heal people. He wants people delivered. He wants them set free. He wants their name written in the Lamb's book of life. Come on, somebody. We need to awaken to the power of God in our lives, man, and begin to step into it like never before. Again, it just it just it didn't it didn't just reveal that he was the Son of God, man. It, it, it was a demonstration of his identity as a Son of God in revealing the Father's heart. Why why would he give us the Spirit? The word awe, Acts one eight. The other scripture pours it out on awe. Why would he give us his Spirit? but not authorize the Spirit to express His nature as healer and deliverer through manifestations of power. Now catch this. You cannot live on someone else's revelation. you got to catch it. So I don't want you running on my revelation. I want you running on my experience. I want you running on the revelation that He reveals to you. And He'll reveal it to you. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. You have, to, you have to see and believe for yourself. That's why you need to be in your Word all the time. You be in your Word all the time. You're studying the Word. Not just a verse, not just a little piece, but you're studying the whole counsel of God. And you're getting the heart of God in a matter. Isn't that powerful? Help us, Jesus. Search the Scripture for yourself until you're satisfied with the answer that you find through the leading of the Holy Spirit. Ask Holy Spirit to guide and to give you revelation. Amen? Okay. So that's just one. The, the second hindrance is that, that, that I felt like I was supposed to bring out today is uh, lack of revelation. Lack of revelation that His kingdom is at hand. So we're going to talk about this for just a minute. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God and lack of revelation that the kingdom is at hand. So let me just give you this real quick. In, in Matthew, and write, write this down so you can go study it. In Matthew in chapter 10, in verse 7 and 8, Jesus, he's, He exhorts the disciples and in exhorting them 
uh, he declared, uh, he, he, he exhorts the disciples to declare the presence of the kingdom of heaven wherever they preached. So he's talking to disciples. He says, wherever you go, wherever you go, declare the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Ma- uh, Matthew uh, 10, 7, uh, uh, 7 uh, and 8. As you go, preach. Preach, stating the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's at hand. And then then he tells him this. He says, and then heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Freely you've received, freely give. Everywhere you go, preach. Preach declaring that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then you go and you operate with the demonstration of my power inside of you. All this is possible because God, the Holy Spirit, is living within us. The kingdom of heaven, guys, is available right now. If you're going to embrace the power of God and what He has for you in the presence and the gift of the Holy Spirit for you and for your sons and your daughters and for all those who are far off, you're going to have to step in to the revelation of the Holy Spirit that the kingdom of heaven to operate in the power of God is here right now. You're living in it. You don't have to wait for the next revival to come. You don't have to wait for the next group to come into town. You don't have to wait for the next perfect song to hit. Come on, man. It is here. It is now. It is today. It is this moment. You submit yourself. You lay yourself at His feet. You allow yourself to be an open vessel. You take everything off that is a hindrance to the Holy Ghost. You ask Him to fill you, and then you just say, Jesus, I am yours. Holy Spirit, I am yours. Use me. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So good, guys. So good. If you're hungry for more of God, then the Spirit who dwells in you will manifest His power in healing, in salvation, in deliverance. I want the power of God. I want the power of God. We need the power of God. I've learned that He can do more in a split second than I can do over a long time. I've learned that if I'll connect with Him and I'll yield to Him, and I'll just open myself up and let Him move, He can do a whole lot more in the snap of a finger. Come on. How many desire the power of God? Get under the power of God. Do it, God. Do it. So I'm bringing this out because here's Here's sometimes where this becomes a hindrance to a move of God in our lives and in people is the revelation that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So I just shared this with you and what Jesus told His disciples. Uh, everything else leading up, up to it, revealing the, the power of God in us and available through Holy Spirit right now. But there's another realm. <clears throat> Grab a hold of this, Okay. There's, a, there's another realm in which we're waiting for the kingdom of God. Okay? Um, this is when Jesus returns and establishes His, His eternal rule on earth. So Jesus says, I'm going to pour out My Spirit. He fulfilled Joel chapter 2. 
The kingdom of heaven is at hand right now. Like we can access all of our inheritance in the kingdom with the Lord right now and allow His power to operate and flow through us. And yet there's another realm to this. And let me, let me just read this with you. You can turn if you want to or you can just let me wash it over you. And, and uh, I'm reading now the, the, the New King James Version so you can just listen or you can study. But in Revelation in chapter 2, I'm just going to read these first five verses. <clears throat> but it says, And He showed me a pure river of water of life. It was clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore, which bore twelve fruits, and each tree yielding fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Uh, I'm in the wrong... I'm sorry, that's 20. I'm in 21. I mean, that's really good though. I could actually use that for where I'm going. But, but uh, chapter 21 is where he talks about making all things new in the kingdom of God on earth. So chapter 21, verse 1. Now I saw a new heaven. Here we go. John says, I saw a new heaven and I saw a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Verse 3, And then I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. Come on, church. Behold, the tabernacle of God. How many know we're waiting for that? Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and, 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 and they shall be His people, and God Himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then He who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And He said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And He said to me, It is done. I'm the Alpha and I'm the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. Let's just stop right there. Isn't that so good? So let's look at this for a second. Jesus said, Go, preach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's within reach. We have Pentecost. We have the church operating in power. The kingdom of heaven at hand. And then we have this, Revelation 21 and, and many, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah uh, uh, speaks a lot on this as well. So clearly, our present existence on earth does not conform to these descriptions and will not until Jesus returns and establishes His eternal rule on earth. There's still death. There's still tears. There's still sorrow. There's still sin. The enemy's still working on the earth. Come on, guys. So, what do we do with this? So the kingdom of heaven is here, and the kingdom of God is coming. The kingdom of heaven is here for us to operate in. To open up to. To allow Him to empower us. To endue us. To work through us for His glory. And yet, His kingdom is coming to earth. God's government has yet to be fully manifest on the earth, and yet through the Holy Spirit, we've been given the ability to release the realities of the kingdom of heaven, His power right now. 
Realities which will be, will, will, will be experienced in their fullness after the return of Jesus. <clears throat> you with me? So how, how is this understanding of the kingdom a potential hindrance <clears throat> to experiencing God's power? It's important to, to recognize. Because in this, uh, many emphasize the future fulfillment of the kingdom at the expense of the present day work of the Spirit. That the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That it's available to all who believe. Come on, man. Like in other words, we can become, we can become so fixated on the fact that the kingdom has not yet fully come that we forget that we already have received it through the Holy Spirit. And so the church in that mindset will just sit back and rest and be complacent and just talk about, oh, the world is just so bad and the enemy's just this and that. Whenever what he's done is he's empowered the church from the day of Pentecost to be an army that's to rise up with the sword of the Spirit and push back darkness. We are called to be a greater influence in darkness in this world than the darkness is to influence us church and we're not going to operate in that realm of glory if we're just caught up in waiting for the complete finished work of Christ in a second coming and not recognize that you've been dude with power on high right now to live in the fullness of God to be able to have a transformed mind to be able to be delivered from demonic strongholds to be able to live a sinless life and walk in righteousness and holiness through Christ isn't that so good? To be able to lay hands on the sick and then recover as a testimony, just like Jesus and the disciples, the apostles did, to reflect the glory of God. He's a miracle-working God. Isn't He good? He's powerful right now. He wants to be powerful right now. He wants to be powerful in you right now. So God, help us step into the fullness of who You are and receive, receive that power of the Holy Spirit, God. And let that flow through us in all that we do. In Jesus' name. Amen? When Jesus taught us to pray, Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer. And I think about this a lot. And He teaches us to pray. I mean, obviously the disciples are like, this dude's prayer warrior. He's doing it all the time. He must know something about this. They could have asked him all kinds of things and they're like, Jesus, teach us to pray. And there's a whole sermon right there. Teach us to pray. And he teaches in the Lord's Prayer. I'm, I'm going to move on. I, I would teach on... I, I, I'm going to get distracted if I stay there. But, but in that Lord's Prayer, in verse 10, he says, he says, pray your kingdom. Father. First it's Father. Pray into the Father. Father. Oh God, let your kingdom come. How many of you, what if we just gathered around the altar this morning and said, Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, release your kingdom on the earth. On earth as it is in heaven. Pray, Father, your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth right here in Boonville Worship Center, in Boonville, Indiana, in Warwick County, in Vandenberg County. Oh Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Help us, Jesus. Amen? Okay, I'm, I'm wrapping up. Everybody good?
The third thing that I wanted to share with you, and I'll go through this quickly, but this is probably where, where, uh, where we struggle at the most as the body of Christ. As we grow in the Lord, those that we typically have stepped over those other two things, even though the enemy is always trying to battle us in them. But, but this one, the third, the third resistance to the power of God that we have to warfare against within ourselves is outright, just outright resistance, fleshly resistance to the work of the Holy Spirit. Just outright fleshly resistance to the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, resistance to His power. Resistance to His gifts. Resistance to His manifestations. All these different things. Resistant, resistant, resistant. Um, we, we, we often can fall into the trap of evaluating the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit based on what we can see and understand. In other words, we want to, we, 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 we still like, yeah, you know, it's like everybody wants God. Everybody wants to be where, 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 they, where, he, where they can feel the power. We want to we feel the power. We want to see, we want to see lives change, but we really need them to do it in a way that makes sense to us. Come on, guys. It's just true. It's our, it's our, it's our flesh. It's our, it's our, it's our natural mind. It's, not, it's our natural thinking. We don't want to become uncomfortable. And so this is sometimes that warfare that, that, that we go through or falling in this trap. And so we, we try to evaluate the power of God and supernatural work of the Spirit based on, these, based on how we can see it and understand it in our natural mind rather than relying on spiritual discernment. The Spirit's discernment. Now, I remember, I remember coming into the church in, 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 uh, in, a, in, a, in a, a full gospel, charismatic type church after, after being raised in a church that, that didn't, that didn't operate in, 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 in any of this type of stuff and, and, and manifestations of the power of God. And I remember coming in, I just remember thinking, well, they're wacko. I mean, weird people. I was 18, 19 years old by that point in time. Raised in church my whole life, man. It's like, yeah, this is, this is, this, what is, and so, so I had all the, so my flesh is like, da, 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 da. What just happened? Why'd they pass out? And why does someone not call an ambulance? Seriously. Why is that per, why did that person come down front? And why did people get around them and lay hands on them? That's just weird. All these different things that I began to experience, had no understanding of, I didn't like them, they made me really uncomfortable. But yet there was a longing inside my inner man that just wanted to know all of God. I wanted to know what He had. I hung around just a little bit to know some of these crazy people. And then I began to say, man, there's something just a little bit different about them. Oddly godly. Then I begin to see things change. And I didn't understand. I didn't like it. I'm like, well, you can, oh, that's okay for them, but I'm, I'm reserved. And I'm, res I'm a reserved guy. Normally. How many of you have ever had to have a, go through the battle of pushing your flesh aside when the power of God is manifesting Himself on people that doesn't make sense? And they're shaking or they're falling or there's this or that or whatever. We have no idea what goes on. I know, I know, I know one thing. When people come under the full power of God, there's, there's going to be some type of manifestation. Yeah. 
come on. They might fall on their face. They might fall back. They might fall on their knees. They might start laughing. They might start crying. They might start shaking. They might just stand there like a stone statue. I don't really know, and I don't really care. The only thing that matters to me is God moves powerfully in people, and their lives are changed. That's the only thing that matters. I want it dead at the end, man. I want our children to be free, to be able to not worry about, about God manifesting. And when they start to see the power of God, they start to feel it, man. I, like I remember as I started, I could feel the power of God starting to come on me. I'm like, okay, Scott, get in control right now. Get control right now. You're about to go do something really silly. And I would begin to kind of control it. I'm like, okay, God, you can do it, but I'm, you're going to have to do it right here in this box. I am not going to go out in front of people. And God had such grace on me. And He was so patient with me. And He went ahead and moved on me right there, even though I was limiting Him. And then He stretched me a little bit. Next time, it's okay. I didn't step all the way out, but I kind of moved from like two seats. I had like the two seat movement. Not just my seat anymore. Now I could go to the second seat if no one was there. And I could kind of get a little wiggle jiggle going on or what have you. And I could feel it. And I learned how to be like, okay, I can go this far. I'm safe. And then all of a sudden, one day God said, that's enough playing around. And I just went down front with having really no understanding and really just nothing but a desire for God. And it's at the end of a service... Pastor Tony walks up to me and he said, Brother Scott, what do, you, what do you need prayer for? I never will forget it. I never will. And I said, Pastor Tony, I don't really know. I said, I, there's just something within me. I just don't, I don't understand a lot of stuff, but I just want all of God. And that's, I, that's the only thing I remember saying is, I just want all of God. I just want all of Him. And then Pastor Tony laid his hands on me. And then I don't know what happened. But I know I was out for a long time. And I know I spoke in tongues. I'm sure I was shaken. Most of the church all left that day. There was just a, probably a few people there. You remember? You, you, Lori was there. She's like, get him, God. Get him. I've been praying and fasting for this for a long time. Don't let him get up until he's all done. <laughs> like I, could, I guarantee you, she was in intercession over there somewhere. How many of you know, if we were to be honest, our flesh... Our, we fight our flesh on a daily basis in regards to allowing the power of God to move through us. Sometimes it's in a worship service of just stepping out. Sometimes it's just obeying Him to do this or that or whatever. But we have, the, we have this battle. So Paul, Paul says, Paul says when, when we're disconnected from the things of the Spirit, that we're going to find them foolish. Now, don't, don't miss this. I, I, will, I will wrap up real fast. But, but grab a hold of this, because this is the key to the whole sermon today. Paul says when we're disconnected from the things of the Spirit, you're going to find them foolish. He says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man, our natural mind, our own flesh, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man will reject the things of the Spirit of God. Matter of fact, he goes on and says, for they are foolishness to them. Foolishness to them. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Isn't that something? We all have this battle 
to some degree where our natu- that our natural man produces fear and our natural man produces pride and our natural man produces unbelief and, and self-preservation and skepticism. And the fruit of all of that that the natural man produces is we resist placing our trust in anything that we cannot control. All these things hinder faith and shuts down the supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and then we end up quenching Him. Quenching Him. Because we're in control and He's not in control. The reality of God's kingdom within us threatens the strongholds of darkness, so the enemy strategically undermines our faith and encourages us to embrace the natural mindsets of fear and skepticism. And we have to be able to explain it in our natural mind. In the things of the Spirit, you'll never be able to understand in your natural mind. They can only be discerned by the Spirit. How many of you know today that the enemy does not want you walking and releasing the power of the Holy Spirit? He's going to combat. There's going to be a number one combat, combat in your life is to keep you walking and living and receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. He'll use one of those things, the pride, self-preservation, unbelief, whatever, any of these things to, to, to work on us, to get us from stepping in obedience. Can I just, I'm saying this today because we cannot treat our tendency to resist the power of God casually. We can't, we can't treat it casually. Because we got to understand why we have the power of God. Like when we understand why we have the power of God and what He's anointed us for and what He wants to do through us and it's going to impact all of eternity for the kingdom, guys, then we won't, we won't take this stuff casually. I just didn't feel it. I don't feel like it. Or blah, blah, blah. Or this or that. Whatever, wherever our flesh is fighting us, man, we won't do that. But at, at its core, at the core of resistance, it is, it is demonically inspired and designed to cut us off from our inheritance as sons and daughters at the core. This is Paul's prayer for, 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 for the Colossian believers. And I'll leave you with this. Paul, Paul, Paul says, we've not, ceased. we've not ceased to pray for you. Now, now listen to this really closely. To, to the believers in, in, in Colossae. We've not ceased to pray for you and to ask. So here's the prayer. I've not, we've not ceased praying this prayer over you, church, that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom, the discerning of the Spirit, and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Isn't that so good? He didn't ask God to fill them with natural wisdom. He contended. He contended. He contended. He contended in unceasing prayer that they should be filled with spiritual wisdom. The supernatural power and wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you guys today that without this, we will not bear fruit. We will not bear fruit. We will not see the kingdom manifested in our lives without this. 
without the supernatural wisdom and revelation of the Holy Spirit concerning the things of the Spirit. At some point, our hunger for the power of God must supersede our concern for the opinion of others and say, Jesus, have Your way in me. Jesus, have Your way in me. Just as I walked forward that day, not even knowing what all I was asking for, but I just know I took off every limit in my life and in my mind and I didn't care in that time. I'm like, God, whatever You want to do, I'll fall, I'll shake, I'll jump. Whatever. I didn't say that. I'm just explaining that now. You get my understanding. I didn't care, Rodney. I didn't care. I didn't care what anybody thought. I didn't care how anyone responded. I didn't care if everyone left. I didn't care that it was already late in the service. and whatever. Like I didn't care. The only thing I cared about is I wanted everything God had for me in that moment. I wasn't going to leave without it. Come on, somebody. Jesus, have Your way in me. Holy Spirit, I yield all that I have to You. Can I tell you today, how many are just thankful for the gift of Holy Spirit? He's our helper. He's our teacher. He convicts us. He leads us. He guides us. He's so good. I want to encourage you today to begin to, begin to invite the Holy Spirit to be your teacher. Invite the Holy Spirit to reveal the things of the Spirit. Be very specific. Don't be afraid to ask the hard questions. Amen? I want to move a God. And I want the power of God. And I want us growing in the wisdom and knowledge and revelation of the Lord. And I want to see captives set free. And I want to see people whole. I want to see salvations and salvations and salvations and salvations. I don't want people to come in here and just hear about the power of God. I want them to see the evidence of the power in your life. I want your testimony to be the power of God. This is where I was. This is where I'm at. And this is where He's still taking me to. He's not done with me yet. Come on, man. It's like the more I get, the more I want. The more He gives, the more I get, the more I want. And it's just a continual infilling, come on, man, of His glory and His grace and His power. And it's not all for me, Max. He loves me, but it's not about me. It's all about Him. It's all about His church becoming powerful and beautiful and equipped and ready in this hour and this day. You are anointed and blessed and favored to be living in this day. Amen. And it is not all about you and what you got going on and what you like and what you don't like, man. Guys, we are in an eternal battle. Heaven is, heaven is real. Hell is real. The enemy is still real. He is still loosed on earth. He is powerful. He's powerful. You know the answer to that? The power of God. And where's the power of God? And it should be in every one of us. So let's yield to Him. Come on. God, let Your power operate in self-control in my life. Where I struggle in my flesh, God, with self-control, Lord, I step into, I yield to the power of the Holy Spirit to operate self-control inside of me, God. Lord, where I've allowed mixture and compromise into my life, God, I submit myself to the power of the Holy Spirit. I submit my flesh. I'm willing to die. I'm willing to go through some pain, God. I want to do nothing but walk in Your glory. So I step into You, God. I declare right now through the power of Holy Spirit that You will release a sound mind in me, that You'll release 
images that don't belong. You'll release thoughts that don't, should not be there, God. Lord, I declare I desire all of You. I want all of You and all of Your presence and all of Your power, God. Come and feel me right now, God, and use me for Your glory and set me on course, God. I renounce and I rebuke every ounce of pride and fear and unbelief and selfishness within me, God. Anything within my heart and my mind and my experience that would be a resistance to You flowing through me, God. I lay that, God. Lord, it is our desire to please You and not man. You are my aim and man is not my aim, God. I don't care about a pat on the back, God. All I want is one day to hear You say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Lord, we submit to You as Paul did and says, I do not come to You with elegant words and preaching and my own wisdom and my own thoughts and my own experience, but with the demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God within me so that heaven can be released to those around me that our sons and daughters will prophesy that they'll walk in the anointing of God. Come on, man. That they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. That they will set captives free. Come on, man. That they'll learn that the power of God is inside of them. They'll hold on to the promise of the Holy Spirit that is for you and your sons and daughters and for all that are afar off. And then we begin to step into that and walk into that for the glory of God. So I declare today, God, Lord, my flesh gets in the way. Come on, can we be real? Stand with me. How many of you remember will just admit, my flesh gets in my way. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be on point. Sometimes it's my unbelief of questioning if it's really God or if it's not God. Like, I got all these things, and I just stand before you today, and I say, God, I want you. I want all of you. We desire the power of God in every way, in every facet to work and operate through us, God. I surrender my will. I surrender my thoughts. I surrender my mind. We talked last night where, where Paul said that he became a prisoner of Christ. I declare today, God, that this house is filled with men and women, young and old, that are prisoners of Christ. It means that you're our Lord. It means that we're in submission. It means that you have our yes, God. It means that you're in control. It means that we're willing to go through whatever we've got to go through for the purpose of releasing your kingdom and for you being revealed through my life. God, when people see me, I want them to see you. Can we just pray that? God, let us be a reflection of You. Let Boonba Worship Center be a reflection of You. Let our children be a reflection of You. Let our teenagers grow up in an atmosphere where they don't just hear about the power of God, but they expect the power of God because it's such a common thing. Come on. Let our children just come in thinking, wonder what God's going to do today. Wonder what's going what's to what's happen. Wonder how many is going to be set free. Wonder how many are going to be healed. I wonder how many are going to be delivered. Wonder who's going to be saved today. I wonder what kind of gift God's going to work in today. Come on. I say, God, let us be a reflection of you. Let this house be a reflection of you. And get us out of the way. Come on, God, get us out of the way. Remove our flesh. Remove any ounce of hindrance. This is what I feel like doing if you want to pray we're going to pray together I'm going to have some of you step out here I'm, I'm down here I'm, I'm receiving I'm going, to pray, I'm going to ask this I'm praying for this for myself you're going to come and pray this with me I'm going to pray and believe for 
the Holy Spirit to increase revelation of the things of the Spirit in my life. Greater clarity, precept upon precept. Removing my flesh, removing where I'm wrong. And I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, the natural man cannot discern the things of the Spirit for they're foolish to him. But they're revealed through the Spirit, by the Spirit. If you want to pray that with me today, I invite you to come down here and stand with me. We're just going to invite the Holy Spirit just to reveal the things of the Spirit. Reveal your ways. Reveal your ways. Reveal your ways. Just make room. But I... I know I could probably do just blanket this over the whole church, but for some reason, I just felt like the Lord wants us to step out because He sees our heart. He sees our movement. He sees our motive. He sees our willingness to say, Lord, I want to be taught. I want to be led. I want understanding. I need Your help. I don't want to do anything in my own way, in my own thoughts. And we're just going to pray this out together. And then this word is going to give God our yes and invite invite Him to flow through us. Amen. So let's pray together. And I just encourage you to lift up your heart. I'm going to pray, but you be praying. You just pray right now and you invite the Lord to do that. You be praying that right now. So Jesus, we stand before You. You're so good. And we just submit ourselves to You today, God, as, a, as the body, as Your sons and Your daughters. We just recognize Your heart, Father, to impact this world, Your purpose for the church, the outpouring of Your Holy Spirit upon all, the promise of the Holy Spirit on us and our sons and daughters and to all those who are far off and that God we would step into that promise that we would embrace it that we would be open and we pray together right now God that you would remove every hindrance within us in our flesh our pride our unbelief God our misunderstanding whatever that it is God whatever that it is Lord we ask you to move it we come before you today, God, and we just, we just say, God, we just want all of you. We want all of you. We want all that you intend to do, God. Let your power flow through me, God. Let it work through me, God. Let me be an open vessel for you to pour out of, God. Let my lifestyle be a testimony of your power, God. I don't want to just talk about what you did somewhere else or in someone else or years ago or century ago. God, I want my life to be a testimony of your power, of healing, of deliverance, of salvation, of self-control, of your joy, of your peace, of your supernatural power, God. So Lord, I open myself up and I say, do it, Lord. Do it, God. Remove my flesh. Remove understanding. And God, right now we pray... We pray away our thinking in the natural man, our thinking in our own flesh, our thinking from our own experiences. And we pray, Holy Spirit, reveal the things and the truth of Your Spirit and the power of God. Bring revelation 
upon revelation upon revelation of the truth of the things of the Spirit, the mysteries, the deep things of God, that they become a reality and a foundation that we stand on and that we give you our yes for you to flow freely and powerfully through us. And we give you glory and honor and praise for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I just bless you and honor you. Um, We'll maybe put an update uh, on the church Facebook page about Brother Glenn when we get it. I haven't looked at my phone, so I don't know yet, but we get an update. If you want to be watching on there, and as long as Janet approves that, we'll just kind of put an update on there for you to be watching. Let's be praying for them, and let's go reflect His glory this week. Amen. Be an open, be an open vessel for His glory to flow through. Bless you. Have an awesome week. Thank you for joining us this week. Until next time.